This podcast is brought to you by NeuroCreative Studio, the number one provider of one-to-one applied neuroscience coaching and development programs designed for executives and entrepreneurs. Find out more at neurocreative.studio. You're listening to the Ambition Incubator podcast, and I'm your host, Deirdre Morrison. My thing is helping people understand how our brains work so that we can be better and do better in any area of life that's important to us. So as well as bite-sized brain science, I'll be bringing you interviews and advice from experts and guests who specialize in working with entrepreneurs and leaders to help them explore potential, possibilities, and ways to be more effective. And the best bit? We can start right now. When Stephen Rudolph suggested an episode based on feeding tigers, I was intrigued. The tigers are, of course, metaphorical, but how you feed them is no less important because of that. In this episode, I get to be the guinea pig as Stephen takes me through his strengths analysis tool, helps me understand multiple natures, and reveals my own personal tigers. He also tells me more about how he developed this insightful system, and we talk about how it could help you get the most bang for your buck when deciding how to spend your days. I've obviously, I've, I've done your quiz, your questionnaire, mm-hmm. and I have not had any kind of feedback from you as yet. So this is, this is definitely an interesting way to do a podcast episode. So I'm very much looking forward to this. Uh, what I would say is I absolutely, I, I have had so much enjoyment and pleasure and learning from doing various types of assessments over the years. Mm-hmm. And I really do enjoy them. And I I think the only thing that sometimes concerns me is when I see people being too rigid with their kind of, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, with with just completely buying into one thing and instead of seeing it in context, instead of understanding that it's still something that we can grow from as opposed to this is what we are as a finality. So tell me, how would you like to start? How would you like to, to go about it? Well, I have no idea what uh, what you had in your mind when you suggested this, so I'm hoping that you can guide me a little bit today. Sure. Well, I think maybe it might be a good idea to give a little bit of background first, a little context to how this how this works, because um, before we jump straight into it, just having some you know some parameters around it and some context, I think would would help a lot. Yeah. So, any time that. You know, the world is like this big chaotic mess and everything is connected to everything else. And when we try to make sense of the world, we have to, um, when we want to speak about things, we have to use language and we have to make categories and we have to define things and describe things. And so that's one of the first challenges that we have anytime we're trying to, to communicate something about life. Like even if you want to talk about colors, you know, we have to, we say things like, you know, there are seven colors in the rainbow. Well, or there are seven colors. Now, if you ask somebody how many colors, they say like there's, there's seven colors, seven colors in the rainbow. But we know that there's not just seven colors. There's like mm-hmm. an infinite number of colors. You could just keep going down the, the electromagnetic spectrum and keep going down and down and down and down. And there's no limit to the, uh, to the number of colors there are. Um, but, but human beings have to have some sort of boundaries to, to, to say that, okay, there are this number so we can talk about them. And so the same is when the same goes for when we talk about people's personalities. We want to try to describe what kind of person is, you know, Uncle Bob or what kind of person is Deidre. And so then we use words to start to describe that person. If we want to go a little bit more deeply, we can try to see, okay, 
what are the characteristics that we see that are common mm-hmm. among people? Yeah. And then we start to make categories to say, okay, I, we see this kind of quality in, in people. We see this kind of quality. And then we start getting into the field of what's known as psychometrics, where we try to identify certain traits, and then we also try to measure them. So it gives us an idea of, all right, here's a particular trait, and this person is, let's say, high or medium or low, or we mm-hmm. might give a number to it and say, like, you know, a 10 or a, a 7.5 or something like that. And so there are many ways to slice it. Like, there are many ways you can look at an individual to say, what's their, what are the traits? Mm-hmm. There's not just like one way of, of, of measuring or one way of doing it. And depending on how you go about it, you get different kinds of results. And so that's really important. It's really important, like right from the outset, to understand that there's not one way and no way is the right way and no way is the best way. They're just different ways. In the same way, if you went to a hospital and you want to know something about a person that's going on inside of them, well, there's lots of different ways to find out. You've got, you know, blood tests and you've got blood pressure. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have an X-ray, you have a sonogram, you have um, an MRI. And each one of those is going to tell you some information about what's going on inside, but they're going to tell you something slightly different. That said, that said... I have a particular framework that I use, which helps me understand what are the qualities that that I'm looking for. What are those consistent features or abilities or tendencies that I see in people? And my model is based partly on Howard Gardner's model of multiple intelligences. And Gardner in 1983 came up with um, a model where basically he said there's it's not how smart you are, like IQ, it's how you are smart. And there are many ways to be smart. Like mm-hmm. you could be smart with your body, you could be smart with language, you could be smart with numbers, you could be smart with music, you could be smart with your body, right? So there are different there are different ways, there are different ways to be smart. And I've added something onto that, which is my own model, which I call multiple natures, which is your tendencies, how you tend to behave. And those qualities I talk about things like a tendency to to educate or to teach others. Like some people have this natural thing or a tendency to help others. This is a providing nature to help or to serve or to give or in the, the proverbial walking the old lady across the street kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an entertaining nature, which is a tendency to attract attention and to amuse others. And like that, we'll go through some of them. There are 19 in total using Gardner's mm-hmm. model. And then using my own model that I've developed, and I put them together, and I'll kind of show you how that works because it's really cool. Um, but all in all, just to make this easier, rather than talking about it as, as like intelligences and natures, et cetera, I like to make it a bit more fun, and I call them tigers. Oh, I love this. <laughs> and what I say is that these these tendencies that we have in us, they're sort of like ways that we act. Mm-hmm. Like we talk about the the natures, as I said before, is an entertaining nature. This is a tendency to attract attention and to amuse. And mm-hmm. so it's part nature, part nurture. You're born yeah. with a predisposition this way, but also mm-hmm. depending upon what you've experienced in your life, those qualities will manifest more. So in other words, like there's mu- there's musical as well, let's just say. So we could pick both or either of these. So if you're talking about entertaining, if let's just say one or both of your parents was highly entertaining. And what that means is they're dramatic when they speak, funny telling stories or jokes, or they know how to enliven a conversation or a situation. Um, that's That will be with you and it will rub off on you. And if you are encouraged to 
act, go do like performances, drama, and those sort of things, then those those behaviors will become will become much much more yeah. manifest. It's it's part of the. Um, I mean, our our brains are still evolving when we're born. They're not mm-hmm. born with any necessarily fixed things in them. But what we are encouraged to do, or what we are rewarded by doing we tend to want to do more and therefore our neuroplasticity kicks in and allows us to build these these skills and talents in that area. Yes. And so what we know is that like up to age um, eight, um, that's that's a period of time where there's a lot of, um, there's like this substance called myelin in the brain and then you have your neurotransmitters. I'm sure you know this. And so that's a, a period of what's called myelination where highways are being developed in your brain at that point. In other words, like, these neural connections are very easily um, developed and they're developed really soundly and really strongly. And again, it happens from um, during uh, adolescence. There's a period where there's there's another ripe period for these neural pathways and neural, mm-hmm. uh, neural connections to, um, to, to, to strengthen. After that period, um, it's like if you were to consider it like branches on a tree. It's like the trunk and the main branches are largely done. At that point, when you're in your adult years, it's more like leaves being added on. So the additional things that we continue to learn, there is neuroplasticity, of course. You can grow and you can develop. It's just that it requires a lot of focus, a lot of attention, a lot of time, and you have to stop doing other things so you can continue to to develop them. I mean, so that's that's sort of like the, the background behind this. So yeah. It's a, it's a lot harder at that stage and, and mm-hmm. it really does take a lot of focus. I mean, not just because we're trying to, you know, put the energy into creating new pathways, but also because the old ones are still there and they're, you know, they're so well worn, really. It's yes. very easy to slip back into those. Yeah. And and that could be, th- those kind of things could be to your advantage or to your detriment, right? Mm-hmm. It could be to your advantage because there are certain things that come more naturally to you. And so you can utilize them um, for doing the things that you would like to do in life. So if it's like mm. a career or if it's some sort of you know, some sort of work activity or maybe some kind of a community effort that you wanted to do, if you utilize those particular, uh, those particular abilities, then the rewards that you set up, you can set up bigger challenges for yourself. If you don't set up the challenges, you sort of slip back into them, you become lazy, and then you become bored also as a result of that. So um, that can be the problem of kind of just feeding your the, the tigers that are the ones that are familiar to you. So you do need to make efforts to to keep yourself relevant, to keep yourself growing and, uh, and, and thriving and, and to be alive. Of course, the, the challenge that the challenge that exists is that some people don't really realize that which are the big tigers and which are the smaller tigers because the the brain the the you know um, the, the neocortex our thinking part of our brain is not directly connected to this underlying more mammalian part of our brain and often we rationalize certain things I'll give you an example there's one tiger I call an entrepreneurial tiger it's a tendency to create value and this is something where an individual will see resources, they know how to bring them together, and they know how to extract or create the greatest amount of value in, in a particular context. And it could wind up manifesting in terms of, uh, you know, somebody making a business and being an entrepreneur. It's not only that, it could also be social value. You, you might um, do 
set up some kind of a nonprofit or some sort of initiative that helps people who are in need or something like that. That there's also a spirit or a quality of what I call an entrepreneurial tiger that gets that gets involved in that. So sometimes somebody gets this idea, they're turned on and say, I want to have my own company, I want to have my own business and you know, I'm just going to go ahead and do it and they're not thinking that whether they're predisposed to do that. Mm-hmm. And this is not to say that they can't or they shouldn't. It just means that if you've already got those tigers, if they're already big tigers and they're well-worn and they're ready to go, it's going to be easier for you to do that. And if it's just not something that comes as naturally to you, well, it mean, that means that it's going to take you more time. You're going to have to invest more resources, more struggling. You're not going to learn as fast as somebody else who's more primed to do that. And so that's where people can go wrong because they say, oh, well, uh, it's not working for me because, well, first of all, they'll say, I can do it and it's going to be easy. I just have to want it. And I just have to like, you know, make an effort for it. And okay, this didn't work. because And they begin lots of stories to rationalize things. And they're stepping over the fact that this is something that just might not to, might not be coming to them as naturally as other things. And so that's where I, I think that people can go wrong. Uh, so if you know, if you spend some time to do a little investigation, do some of this do some of this internal assessment, you'll be able to figure out which are the things that come more naturally to you so you can make better decisions about how to use the limited energy, time, resources that you have available. Mm, yeah, yeah, this is very true. And, um, you know, knowing which things to lean into and which things we need to develop, I mean, that in itself is a really useful piece of kit for anyone who is trying to take on a new challenge, whether it be building a new business or whether it's, um, you know, having an entire career change or whatever it is that you're, right. you're, you're doing. So th- this is one of the things, like like you were saying, you know, people sometimes just think, oh, I want it, I'll, I just have to want it enough. But that really oh. isn't, um, isn't necessarily the only thing that's, yeah, and sometimes our wants are not necessarily fully thought through. I find for people. And so, yeah, knowing more about what's actually um, what gives us those rewards, what are the natural the natural highs and the natural um, things for us to enjoy. It's it's definitely a a positive. That's such a dangerous thing, because there there are many people who can play on people's emotions um, and sucker them into courses, classes, um, you know, buying products and just yeah. saying that, you know, you got to want it, you got to do it. And then I've seen and I've worked with, you know, single moms with two kids working a job and a part time and struggling. And then somebody telling them this is not what you're meant to do. And you have you have, if you just drop this and go for it and be passionate, everything will work out. And that usually doesn't wind mm-hmm. up with a very happy ending. Those kind of situations yeah. can be disastrous. So, so as what you're pointing to right now, I think is a much better indicator, which is what does come for you naturally. That's the first thing. And how can you line up again? I call them tigers. What are the big tigers and how can you line them up more effectively with what you're doing? So, so you, you can thrive, you get more of that. Sometimes, Mm -hmm. sometimes it happens to be in a main job, like your, Mm -hmm. your main line of work. Other times it's not. I was just speaking with somebody who during the day, she's a male lady, but in the evenings, she does podcasting and she does coaching and she does all this other stuff. And so in her case, her main job is not necessarily feeding most of her tigers or her big ones, but it's giving her the resources and the stability to be able mm-hmm. to feed the tigers that, you know, the other tigers, which are also hungry, 
Yeah. I need feeding. And this, this I think, is another really important thing here. Um, and because I guess you're looking at different aspects of what it is that make us up as a whole, um, we we do have this kind of idea that we have to have a monolithic approach to what it is that we do. But I love what you've just said there about, you know, the, the, the main job is not necessarily the one that feeds those interests and those passions, but it can support them. And sure. it's always it's always finding that unique way that allows us to, you know, have that best experience of all of the things that we need to have a fulfilling life. Absolutely. And so each of these each of these tigers and of course, you know, I playfully have turned them into I don't know if I can say I've anthropomorphized them because they're tigers and not people, but I've I've animalized them. Okay, so I've turned them into animals just to make them a bit a bit more fun. And the idea is this. They're sort of on your team and you can mix and remix them in different ways, Mm. depending upon what your circumstances and what you need at that moment. Okay, look, if we're talking about like 30, 50 years ago, like, okay, in, in that era, it was possible that you could, probably more like 50 years ago, but you would go to college, get a degree in a, in a topic, get a job with a company, work in that same company for, you know, until you retired, you get a watch and then, you know, you, that's, <laughs> so, so now, and I've heard people say years ago that, okay, you have to like change your career every decade. And now it's almost like people are updating their LinkedIn profile, like all the time. You just, it's like your status updating after you add this, you add that. And so we're constantly having to remix our lives all the time. And so how do you go about doing that? Like what's, what's the way, what's the technique to do that? And the way that I look at it is sort of like, if you think about if you think about the way that sailors used to sail ships in the in the days of yore, which is, you know, before there was GPS and whatnot, they used to sail by the stars. Mm-hmm. And the reason they did that was because they were the things that, that changed the least, per, you know, they were the least perceptibly, right, um, in, in terms of the environment when you're out in the water. The water is always shifting and changing. The clouds are always coming and going. And sometimes you see a land mass and it disappears. So the thing that you could could sail by would be the stars. So in the same way, when everything is around you is changing so much and so frequently and constantly, the thing that actually changes the least are your tigers. It's not that they don't change at all and you can evolve them and grow them and develop them. It's just that the amount is not as significant. It's not like um, you're not interpersonal at all, like you're an introvert and then you work on it for uh, a month and suddenly you're this extrovert. Like that doesn't happen. It doesn't mean you can't learn how to be more extroverted and learn how to to gain those sort of skills and to do that. You can, but you have to also be reasonable with with how much your you know how much change is going to take place. So, so my point is this: that that when you're going through life, if you keep an eye as things are shifting on those tigers, and you see what does this situation bring me now, and what is it that I can bring to this situation from my my array of tigers, that's going to be the best, um, the best opportunity mm. for me. And so like, and we can look at your, your profile also to give some, some examples of something like this. So sure. here are some of the things that I see from, from your, your profile. Some of the bigger tigers, one is intrapersonal. So this is like self-reflection, thinking about thinking, feelings, emotions, and that sort of thing. So this is something that's like your, one of your biggest tigers. 
I'm going to guess that you've got like a large number of self-help books and maybe things on philosophy, spirituality, or um, those kind of things. Uh, yeah, I have stacks of books on my stacks of books about this stuff. Okay. <laughs> All right. So that would be a big tiger for you. Okay? Mm-hmm. Another one that, that shows up here big. And again, these are, this is how you rated yourself. Like I've just asked the question. So what we're mm-hmm. looking at is, is um, how you rated yourself. Another is naturalistic. So this is a connection to plants, animals, nature, mm-hmm. the environment. Very much so. Yep. Okay. So, so for me, like, what do you do with that? So these tigers need to eat. So, so for example, anytime that you connect something which is naturalistic with intrapersonal, so if that, that might be, uh, it could be anything like um, being outside and also reflecting on things uh, that. It's, it's actually um, a, a real interest in animal cognition and, you know, how that, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I, I'm all in there. Totally. Okay. So, so, so not surprised. So, so you, you can see how those two, those two play together. Now let's keep going. Some, some of the other bigger ones. So interpersonal is, is uh, fairly big, which means that you can connect easily to other, to other people. You get energy from interacting with them. Linguistic. So language is also something big for you. So you find it easy to express yourself in words um, as opposed to logic. Here you've you've indicated that your logical tiger is not nearly as big. <laughs> My logical tiger is a house cat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so why is this important? Because when it comes to activities that you have to do, like if you had to do something like, you know, you need to make some spreadsheet or you've got to calculate some things, you know, taxes or like that. So, right. Okay. So um, even if you had to do something about business and business planning, what it means is though, is that when those circumstances come, you'd be better off taking a lot of time, starting it really early, like way in advance. Um, There are many techniques that you can use. Another would be to insource, right? You bring somebody along who's who's got a massive logical tiger to to assist you. You know, knowing that your linguistic is a big one and intrapersonal is there, that also clues you in that, you know, when it comes to writing and it comes to writing something about nature or animal cognition or something, you it's something that you would or should be able to do, not just easily, but with great enthusiasm. And it's going to feed those tigers when you do those things. Mm. Your creative is also a big one, it seems. Art and design degree, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, the degree doesn't always, isn't always so, because I've seen some people <laughs> who've got degrees and they were like, they were not gifted when it came to the, you know, the, and people who had no degree, but they were super creative. Yeah, well, it was, it was definitely, um, it was, it was what I wanted to do. Uh, I was actually, you know, pretty rubbish in the technical side of it, but um, it was the right environment and it was all about the creative thinking. There you go. So those are just some, some examples. You know, I see a few others. Healing is on the higher side for you. Um, so that's identifying a tiger that identifies pain or imbalance in other people and then helps them to get out of that pain or imbalance. And then you can start, to, again, to connect these things. So I see, you know, they're healing plus intrapersonal plus naturalistic plus uh, interpersonal. This is leaning toward helping people to live healthier lives or more balanced lives in some sort of natural or holistic kind of ways that that's, that's very obvious when I see those things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess that would, um, the whole 
neuroeducation and the uh, the brain based coaching. That's that's probably where that kicks in. So, you know, some of the things like I also have in my in my system, I can take a look at your bigger tigers and see that when they team together, what would be the tasks or even the careers that might be ideal ideal for somebody. We won't do careers now, but just look at tasks. So the system is saying that um, interior design, um, <laughs> explaining things through drawings, right? So that would be something for you. Healing or treating others, developing story uh, stories, content, uh, and those sort of things. Uh, creative writing, and so there are there are many things that the system would uh, that would would suggest for something like this. So what I'm trying to demonstrate is that there's not only one thing that you could mm. do or you could be doing. But the important thing is to recognize which are the qualities that if you if you team them together would give you the biggest, I say bang for your buck, the, the greatest return on the investment of your energy because it's it's basing it off of the the qualities that are the most accessible to you, that come mm. the most easily to you. They're they're the biggest say the biggest tigers in that in that sense. Yeah. And most people really aren't aware of this. They're sort of going about life wondering why they're they're not getting the return from the, the effort. It's not just about the effort. Yeah, it's it's also about not pushing water uphill, isn't it? It's um Oh it's, great analogy. Yeah. Yeah. Ab- absolutely. And so that's what I see on a regular basis. Like before you were saying about um people wondering like if they should change careers. Um any and there are many reasons why a career might not be working. Could be the wrong cultural fit, right? Um, mm. It could be a tox- toxic individuals, you know, a toxic boss. You might be in the right company um, or in the right space, but it's just because of that individual that it might not be working out for you. Um, it might also be that you're you have what, what I call uh, an overfed tiger. That you're just you might have a big tiger. Maybe your administrative, someone's administrative might be huge, and they just keep laying projects on that person one after the next after the next. So it's like after. A while is you just burn out. Mm. You you stop getting the the returns or that that the good feeling that's coming from it. Um, and so sometimes it, it might just be having to adjust your mm. existing situation. Or maybe you have an unfed tiger, right? So there's maybe you, for example, like you're a creative and visual linguistic are there, and so maybe you're in a particular job. Like okay, that male lady maybe. The job itself is not, you know, you're an accounting department or something like that. And the job itself is not feeding those tigers. So like I say, if you don't feed your tigers, they eat you. And for me, what that means is that if you don't engage those particular abilities that are natural for you, that have traditionally or historically for you given you a lot of pleasure, especially when you were young, you feel like you're you're depriving yourself of something. And so that's why I say it's important to identify what some of those tigers are. And if you can bring them into your main job, all well and good. And if mm-hmm. not, there's always ways that you can do a side gig or you can um, you can do it just as, as a you know, for interest, leisure, activity, hobby. Tigers yeah. don't care if you're making money or not. They just they just care that they're getting they're getting playtime. <laughs> no, I absolutely love that, Steve. Thank you um, so much for sharing that with us. And. Um, I'm sure there will be lots of people out there wondering what their tigers are. Where can they find out more about this? Sure. So the website is feedyourtigers.com. And there you'll find a listing of the 19 tigers that I've identified. 
details about the assessment are also there. There are also people who are trained in uh, practitioners in helping people identify them and then apply them for whatever situation they're in, whether it's students who are trying to figure out which career to go for or somebody in job transition, even um, people who are retirees uh, we work with frequently who are trying to figure out in their golden years what they want to do because their tigers don't stop. Their tigers don't stop. They, 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 still, they still want to eat. That is definitely something to bear in mind and I think something that we can all benefit from uh, paying a little bit more attention to. Steve, thank you so much for sharing that with us and uh, I will talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks, Deidre. You're still here? Great. Look, I know there's a lot to choose from out there, so thanks for flying with Ambition Incubator Airlines and I look forward to seeing you on board again soon. Seriously, though, thank you for tuning in. My guests and I love hearing about what inspires you on the show and what advice has made a difference in your life or work and what you'd like more of. So get in touch. If you want to know about my other work, head over to ambitionincubator.com for details. And don't forget to hit subscribe for more great interviews, advice and bite-sized brain science every week. 